Hey, I'm Megan. And I'm Sharon. And welcome to The Breakup Dress. Each week, we will be delving into the fashion world, tackling the issues around fast fashion, education about sustainable fashion, and we want you to get involved as we share memories from our wardrobes. Hello. Welcome back. <laughs> um, can I just clear one thing up straight away? Straight away. Good. Before we get into all the ins and outs, we completely read the situation wrong in Trilly. Yeah, we thought we were lovely. <laughs> Clearly not. Oh, there was not a triple date at all. It was not, not a man in sight. Not, that was not the plan at all. We completely misread it. And um, yeah, so all that effort of dressing up and wearing our outfits and whatnot was all for nothing, just ourselves. Yeah, but like, yeah, still, it was for ourselves. It wasn't wasted. <laughs> no, it was amazing, but there was no dating at all. There was absolutely not. It was there wasn't even a table booked. Yeah, yeah, there was. <laughs> you know what? There was none of that. But we had a lot of swimming. We drank a lot of Guinness. We had a, a lot of gorgeous food. It was amazing. Shout out to the people from uh, that side of the country because we first went to Phoenix for a swim off the diving boards, which was incredible oh my god Sharon also didn't want to get her hair wet and then decided to face plant the water yeah, very glamorous I, I, actually wish, I wish you got a record of that it would be pretty funny um, I was like, and also I am not a regular sea swimmer and the girls <laughs> are and they convinced me that the water was warm and of course silly me thought the water was going to be, be like the Mediterranean I, okay I knew it wasn't going to be like the Mediterranean okay but I didn't Nothing prepared me, so I taken off all my clothes. I like dipped the toe in, and I was like, "She had a bikini on, by the way." Yeah, no, I was naked. <laughs> I was like, "You bitches!" As soon as I put it my toe in the water, I was like, "This is going to be torture," and that's why I proceeded to place plant and uh, totally uh, submerge myself. But after a second in there, it was great. It was amazing. Yeah. Oh my god, we stayed in there for ages, and then we went on to the tanker that evening for dinner. Oh my god, the tankard, amazing, so beautiful. We had the mountains, we had the sunset, and then we had that um, that moon, the full moon. This was it red moon? Stuttgart moon, I think it was called, was it? I have no idea. It's a few different names. Sturgeon, Sturgeon moon, the Sturgeon moon. So we watched that. Um, oh my God, the food we had was like, was it called a fish bowl or something? And it was yeah. um, uh, prawns, squid, and chips. Oh my it God, was pints amazing. of Guinness. It was so, so good. And then on Saturday, we went over to Brandon, and we went to Murphy's, which um, I believe is a very famous place. I've never actually been to Brandon before and no, 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 again actually. fish and chips guinness sea swim oh mm -hmm. it was yeah divine it, it was like we were in a different country like honestly i always say it ireland would be the best country if we just had sunshine oh i just if we had a full warm, summer yeah, yeah, yeah full summer sunshine yeah. i'd be happy um but no it was absolutely amazing so shout out to everyone and of course in tree then we went out we went to sean oaks um, we went to, I think it's called the Blaskets, the nightclub. Yeah. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't from what you remember of it. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> I've been to a nightclub in so long. And like, yeah. the one thing I know, because obviously it was so hot outside. And then it was like that really like on the dance floor, sweating. But no, it was class. And then we went finish. to the chipper afterwards. And of course, didn't know it was cash only. Yeah. Had ordered our food, got to the counter. And like, your man was so sound. He actually gave us the food for free. Yeah. He no, was like, just really. get out. Just yeah. get out. <laughs> and um, you know what? Actually, it's really funny before we move on. But my sister obviously lives in now and obviously there's a certain way you say things like how they're spelled how they're said so when she started going out to Phoenix, she used to call it Fennet <laughs> and she got the absolute piss ripped out of her so now she's like no it's Fennet it's Fennet call it properly there was another location Sean said and he corrected, corrected us as well because we like you said it wrong well we read we said it the way you'd kind of read the sign but there yeah. was another word for it but yeah there's just, I guess just the different um, dialects and 
But yeah, I think it's, I suppose there's a lot of places in Ireland, like I'm from Ahavas, but I suppose someone looking at the spelling of that might not pronounce it properly, you know? Yeah, true. I remember one yeah. time listening to the radio and it was um, Kildicert in County Clare and she obviously was reading from a, a, a piece of paper and it was something, I can't remember what it was, but then she was like, and in Kildicert. <laughs> I was like, and it's Kildicert. <laughs> Anyways, we departed ways then on Sunday evening and then since then... I was playing tag on Monday and then I played tag rugby and then I um, went home home on Tuesday. Do you know what? I started watching Stranger Things season four. Is that the current season, I think? You've only started watching that. Yeah, because I just never really kind of got into it. I never had the time. or never, Every time it. I turned on a few times, I was like, oh, I'm not ready for it. So then this week, I was like, this is the week. I had the worst nightmares on Monday night. The worst nightmares. I had I had dreams after that. Like, I, I'm not going to say much more, but yeah, yeah. I actually, I woke up through, I kept waking myself up in the night because I was having such horrible nightmares. And I haven't had nightmares in, I, I can't even remember, I think it was last, like I watched The Goonies when I was like, a what really was your nightmare? Time. I'll tell you mine if you tell me yours. I can't remember, but I just remember it was like people getting hurt and me waking up because they were like getting hurt and things chasing. Oh, it was rotten. And then can you see that red mark on my neck? Yeah. I woke up with that on Tuesday. It's and not I, a hickey. <laughs> 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 no, because no carry man wants to <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I have that mark, and I'm like, oh my god! And now since I'm watching Stranger Things, I'm like freaking myself out. Do you know what I had? And this is like completely off what we're going to talk about. But I had a dream that I was on, and it was after watching Stranger Things. I was on O'Connell Street, mm-hmm. and there was this huge, like monstrous, like very Stranger Things, um, you know, detailed kind of monster after us, and we were all running down uh, the street on O'Connell Street, and there was this like carpet store that isn't there like it was completely made up in my mind that we're taking us all in away from this monster and eventually they got the doors closed and we had to climb through these vents to get out and like you know those tiny little vents and there was like parasites everywhere and I was trying to avoid them like so real and I woke up and I was like why did I have that dream that's really disturbing and it was stranger things I'm telling you definitely I I felt like shit then all day Tuesday so I was like John I just have to take myself and go home so I went home to my home house and just had dinner and just sat on the sofa with Mam Andrew and Baba. Mammy Scully. Yeah. And the cat. And then I just went to bed early. And then I was like grand again afterwards. So I did watch it last night. But I only let myself watch one episode. Because I was like I can't. I can't deal with the lack of sleep. It's bloody scary when you're on your own watching it. Ah stop. <laughs> it's not scary. It is. It's very dark. Very very dark. So yeah. that was my week. And then here I am now today. Um, with you Sharon. In the digital hub. Across yeah. the road from Guinness. Um, yeah. I actually, ta- I was like, when I went to put in my location on Instagram, Guinness came up and I said, ah, sure, I drink so much Guinness, might as well just put my location. You know, it's so funny, like, because I'm across the street from it every day, you really don't notice, like, it's so, ama- you know, it's so amazing to be around this area and the digital hub is such a great place to be mm. based, like, shout out to them, they're amazing. It's class, but yeah, and then that's kind of it, and then I'm going to the horse show after this, I'm so excited, um, in Ballsbridge, and I will be dipping in and out there for the next few days, and then I'm going to be on News Talk tomorrow. Um, with Kieran Cuddihy. Um, so I'm looking forward to that as well. And sure then it's what am I doing this weekend? Oh yeah, I think I'm gonna go I think I'm gonna go and actually watch the police dance on Saturday. I think Dee is gonna come up and we're gonna watch that. So there'll be a lot of socializing and a lot of catching up with old friends. So that's kind of my plan. What about you? Well, I'm designing a new collection at the minute <laughs> and my life revolves around that. I basically live in the digital hub, so I don't have a very interesting uh, social life at the minute, but I'm very excited for what's to come. I have some really, really exciting pieces planned. So I'm, yeah, planning for that now, getting it ready, getting it sorted, having uh, little mini fires everywhere, putting them out, as you do. What goes into designing a new collection? Like, what's the process? Like, do you have, do you have like, do you know, know, I know people do, is it's, uh, like, people do 
autumn, winter, spring, summer. That's the two yeah, collections, isn't it? Yeah, and like that's the way I am doing it now. I'm not like I I suppose that's the way you kinda should do it. Obviously it is season there's autumn, winter, there's spring, summer. Um, but I kind of like the idea as well if, if I have something that I've just made of kind of releasing it do you mm-hmm. know what I mean and if I have a new product that I'm not putting a restriction on myself not yeah. to produce something new but yeah like the new collection will be autumn winter will be a lot of Irish wool a lot of um, dead stock fabrics like curtains actually I'm using some fabric that I had for college that I never used my, my idea is a little bit unusual um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll show, tell you more about it later but um, it's yeah it's exciting uh, there's a lot of planning that goes into it like I've started thinking about it months and months ago but I feel like I don't know how other designers approach it but yeah. I am very changeable like I will come up with an idea I'll sketch it I'll decide I don't like it I'll change an aspect I'll make it I'll rip a sleeve off I'll rip a leg off you know but I think that's the beauty of it and it allows you to produce what you really want then what I found really interesting is I only learned this from you is that you make um kind of like a sample a fake garment yeah, yeah what's calico. Calico. yeah 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 well for, for this yeah i would you know the way just to make sure that it's perfect you know what i actually do with the calicos though where i get them from because i try not to buy new fabric is you know the way i get all those old curtains yeah so the lining on the inside of the oh, curtains yeah. is the perfect calico because it's plain i can mark where i want to change yeah. stuff so yeah and that's sustainable. like a kind of a we'll say if you're decided you want to put a certain style of sleeves you make it kind of sample one first and yeah. then yeah and then yeah oh yeah and they might say then oh I actually don't like that I'll try this yeah and even for fitting people as well just so you know do you know what I mean like every company kind of I suppose has different different measurements for each size what they would consider an 8 10 12 14 so I have my own set of measurements for that too and just to make sure that I grade upright and that mm-hmm. you know everything fits that the arm looks right the crotch is done right yeah so so I guess then handy. you're so busy you don't even have time for any dates. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking about that right now. <laughs> okay, so today we are going to talk a little bit about plastic. <laughs> yes. Dun, dun, dun. That, um, how bad it is for the environment, how it is absolutely in everything. It's in our clothes, our makeup our food packaging, and mm-hmm. even housing insulation. Um, so since its mass production, the world has created over 10 billion metric tons of plastic. And guess what? Half of that is just in the last 20 years. Oh my God, that's just so frightening when you see these statistics and learn about it. Yeah, how disturbing. So, like I suppose, to go back to how, like plastics are harmful before they're even produced. Mm-hmm. So how a plastic is produced is oil, gas, and coal are extracted from the earth refined to produce plastic and other synthetic chemicals and these processes then generate the greenhouse gases um, such as co2 and methane that are released into the atmosphere um, and it just means like plastic as well just remains in the environment for centuries um, and it degrades ecological processes and just damages the environment so so much and i suppose that we're all trying our bit and we're trying to like reduce our plastic but i think what i found really frightening is hearing that because of plastics and clothing, which I suppose when we wear clothes on like soft, like I feel, if you feel like soft textures or I don't know, the different kind of materials, you never assume there's plastic in your clothing. And then by leaving your clothes around your house or even in your drawers, um, 
microplastics then are getting into your house and then getting into the waters because obviously we wash our clothes mm-hmm. and then they're getting into the water system which then is getting into the everything so then apparently like I've been reading stories and statistics and things about how like these microplastics are ending up in our human body in our mm-hmm. in the food we eat and like in everything and I guess maybe today we can talk about plastics and clothes and more so and you know and, and like learn about that because that's something that I I guess you just as I said the top yeah. on me did, do I, did I think it had a plastic in it no does it have plastic probably well the, the thing is like they're cheaper to manufacture oh okay these materials so like if you think of an organic natural fiber such as cotton you know hemp linen like they're naturally sourced and how you know as well actually is <laughs> and my teacher told me this years ago if you want to know something is natural or not burn it Put a lighter to it, yeah, because you know a natural fiber will burn, okay. and if it's synthetic, like it won't. But a synthetic is a don't fiber. try that at home. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Actually, don't, don't try that at home. <laughs> Just something I know because you don't know, and this is the thing, and this is the problem. Like, and it, this is why it's so hard for me and what I do. You go into a fabric store and like the consistency of what is in the fabric is not usually labeled on it. So I'm like, well, what is this? And like, so a synthetic fiber is usually like polyester, rayon, lycra. All of those kind of things that stretch, you know, that fit the body easily. You can kind of tell when to feel them, you know. Yeah, like I find, I think it's, I think it's polyester. I find I, I don't, I'm not naturally a sweaty person, as in I don't like sweat. Obviously, I'm playing sport to do, but I'm not like a naturally day to day like whatever mm. perspiring person. But I find there's certain materials I wear and like I'm stink. I'm literally going, oh my god, and I think it's, I think it's polyester actually, because I think my mom was saying she's the same, mm-hmm. and, when I, and there's certain tops over the years I've worn, and I'm like, oh my god, and like you literally put your hand up, and I'm like, what the Jesus, what's the smell, and like I have, have to get rid of them, but I was like, it's just mad the way different materials are, and I think you know, I guess you hit the nail on the head there because it's cheaper to make them. These companies that are yeah. producing fast fashion don't care; they just want to churn out. They're quick chemically cheap. produced, and like the thing is as well, so. So the microplastics that come from obviously any plastic that's produced, but as well the clothes. So what they do is they impair the growth and photosynthesis, photosynthesis capacity of phytoplankton, right? So phytoplankton is this microscopic marine algae mm-hmm. that provides food for all basically a range of sea creatures. But also these plants produce most of the oxygen that us humans breathe. Jesus. I know, and you don't think of these little things, but like the knock-on effect of those microplastics are completely disrupting like that chain of the sea creatures and then the oxygen that we breathe in as a result. So it's all related. Yeah, and I was reading as well about microplastics and how that there's nowhere really safe from them that they can travel like in the air and across. They've been found at the top of Mount Everest and at the bottom of the Mariana Trench, the deepest part of the ocean. They found microplastics in each. Oh my God, it's absolutely frightening. So I guess in terms of materials, you mentioned there are some of the ones that are, you know, the the polyesters, the, mm. what are the ones you mentioned? Um, did I see lycra, ly, ly, nylon? Or nylon, like the, the tights that we used to always wear. Yeah. Nylon tights. Mm. What other? Rayon, spandex. What's spandex? That's like, is that like stretchy? Yeah, it's the stretchy stuff. You know, like all the gym. Yeah. And then I suppose the me and knickers and all of that. Oh my God. Yeah. So they all contain microplastics. And you know what, like, I, I was just going to talk about a project I did in college. Of course, this is my nerdy side. <laughs> of course, I didn't pick, like, a random, yeah. Sharon being the scientist. No, but, I, like, you know, I'm just really interested in it. So I was looking up, like, bits and pieces, and, like, I am fascinated by coral reefs. Mm-hmm. And then I was researching, and I was like, oh, I'm going to do something related to this as inspiration for one of my collections. And then I came across coral bleaching. So have you ever seen a bleached coral reef? No, but in my head... 
I've only ever seen the Australian, I haven't seen it in real life, sorry, I've seen pictures and it's, is it pink? coral reef no, no, no. <laughs> so what a coral reef essentially is it's like an ecosystem yeah and it has all these like living uh, it's like it's, it's it's living like you know mm. and the way that it lives is well this is kind of really nerdy but i call it susan telly right so in order for a coral reef to live it has this symbiotic relationship with an algae called susan telly and how it survives is the susan telly um produces food through photosynthesis okay and then keeps the coral alive and in turn the coral provides shelter for this algae and gives it nutrients so oh, what's okay. happening now with the pollution is the microplastics and everything else are warming are heating up the ocean yeah and it's getting so hot that the coral reefs are actually expelling and getting rid of this algae that's keeping it alive and so when you see this big fleshy alive coral reef when that happens they turn into white spines like so they look oh, like yeah. like it's like a coral graveyard and it just made me so sick and I was like oh my god like this is so disturbing oh my god like can is that irreversible no it's not and you know what I actually looked at today because I didn't know I'd been the last time I actually looked into this was two years ago when I did the project 91% of the reefs at the Great Barrier Reef are are affected by coral bleaching and they won't come back like and they're saying at least half of the world's coral reefs are dead Jesus and you know it's not even there's so many things but they like have such a diverse ecosystem they provide shelter for all those um creatures you know but also they absorb like you know the way waves come in they actually absorb the shock from waves coming into coastal areas too so they have so many you know it's people think all of these pretty things but they have so many functions that's absolutely bananas Sorry, you might just be able to hear there's a helicopter going over our head. That's the, that's the noise. That's the whole noise. Um, we are, of course, in the centre of Dublin City, so there's going to be a lot of action. Um, I, I just can't believe that because I remember my aunt and uncle years ago, for their, they went over and they scuba dive. Do what you do with the coral reef? Do you yeah, yeah, scuba yeah, dive? Yeah, yeah. And I remember my head, I think it, my head was always like this, I suppose, lovely, colourful thing, but that's mad about coral bleaching it's just crazy to think you that look at the pictures i'm telling you like you would feel sick i couldn't i'm gonna, I'm gonna live google this now what just look I... at coral bleaching and you'll coral see an bleaching. image of what a <clears throat> excuse me a healthy coral reef looks like as opposed to one that's been bleached like it has lost oh, wow. all Christ. do you know and this is the thing that's like you know yeah the I'm... one like i'm looking at the original one here it's kind of nice shade of kind of orange like kind of like burnt oranges but obviously it's not burnt and then the other side is literally snow white like they're not all the oh, same no, no, yeah. oh yeah sorry yeah. I found another image of like pinks oranges greens blues load of sea life and then oh my god and then the yeah it literally looks like a something that you find in a desert yeah completely dead and dried out jesus and I, yeah i don't know i just it makes me so angry oh my god I, it's just bananas to think that we're doing this every single day like as I said I think I've said before and I, you know I've had these conversations like we think you know we're great bringing our use, reusable bottles and our compostable cups and our reusable lunch boxes with us but like again you know it's we still have, now we have to think about the bigger picture like we have to think about what is what we're, what's on us what we're wearing but yeah. I, I did do a bit of research on how we can limit our own exposure to it because cool. obviously we're probably never going to get away from it which is well it's a systemic issue like Mm. we can do what we want to but ultimately you know there are bigger problems that need to be addressed from the top down but like we can do so much to yeah like ourselves i think personally like we all have a kind of i suppose you can you can't fix everyone around you but if you can just make little changes in your own home yeah um so this was from plastics um plasticsupfoundation.org 
or plastics, I can't even read that word. But basically, they were saying these are kind of the top tips they had for your home house, we'll say. So um, obviously, the first one is to buy more sustainable materials, um, such as organic cotton, hemp, linen, wool. And what's that other one you use? Tinsel. Tinsel, yeah. Tin tinsel. yeah. I always say tinsel and people are like, oh, you're making something with that stuff you wrap around a Christmas tree. I'm like, obviously not. <laughs> people are plastic. Um, now, I know they're saying that like wool, in the art, like one of the articles I read, they said, look, wool, obviously, vegans or vegetarians wouldn't want to use wool. But someone, I come from a farming background and you have to shear the sheep in summer because it's such a thick coat of wool mm -hmm. that like they would die in the heat because the yeah. whole point of the wool is to keep them warm because sheep predominantly were up on the mountains and they were kind of wild and just they and a lot of farmers still um let them off for the winter and they just they survive like they're just they're great animals they can survive in anything but like their winter coat is their their wool keeps them warm and keeps them alive so during the summer and during the hot weather they have to be you have to shear the sheep because it's cruel to leave the wool on them and well it is our friend that have a farm in Sligo like Shawnee was telling me that he was like, please, if you need it, like we're going to shear the sheep. But like, there's, there's no cruelty or anything involved. No. Like, it's something that needs to be done and that's being dumped otherwise. Yeah, and like the wool needs to be should be used. It's great when people, you know, use wool to make clothes or I don't know, blankets and stuff like that. Because there'll be lots of Irish wool in my new collection. Hey. And I just think your wool's great because it keeps you so warm as well. So um, yeah, they're just some of the ones that are there. Um, another thing is to start clearing out the clothes that contain plastic you mentioned them some there polyester nylon mm -hmm. spandex um just kind of having a little look and maybe just maybe i know obviously you don't want to get rid of all your maybe clothes because oh, some of them you probably need and want but maybe limit them maybe just decide i'm going to clear out one bag of clothes mm. that contain plastics um ventilate the room which is always an interesting one so i guess open the windows and letting some air in there as well um now i personally like ventilating my room anyways even in the depths of winter because i love that even when it's cold i love that kind of fresh air feeling i hate being in a stuffy room mm. Hoover more often, which I didn't realise, but I suppose the, the plastics get into your carpets and stuff so on your floor. So to hoover it all up, um, it just kind of, it helps with it as well. And then, which I think is a great one, is ask fashion labels to become more sustainable. Now you might be thinking, I'm not just going to walk up to someone, knock mm. on their door and say, excuse me. But like, it's about getting people to tweet these companies, um, writing on Instagram posts, like getting your friends together, those of you that are sustainably conscious and want to make a change, say, look, let's all comment together at the same time on this post that this mm. company have put up because they'll start to notice it if enough people do it. And just saying like, look, what are your... What are you doing for sustainability? What changes yeah. are you making? What is your, your code of practice? And I think then you see, once a kind of a, a fuss has been made, then they'll start to listen because if they know you, the consumer, are being conscious about it and you're kind of making a stand saying, look, I'm not going to buy that because it's got these plastics in them. Mm -hmm. You know, I might show them that, okay, maybe let's start producing more cotton. Let's start producing more linen. Um, let's start producing more sustainable. You know, clothing. there's an app. There's actually, I should have thought of this before today. My friend told me about it, but basically... I think it's for bigger fashion companies now, but like they have like they're they're rated for how sustainable they are in terms of like how their stuff is made, what materials they use, like you know I suppose how much waste they produce, wow. what systems they have for recycling in place. God, let me think of it anyway. We'll we'll put it up after um in the notes, but definitely there's an app. I'm like. I just I need to think of the name. It's gone out of my head. I know there's a remake our world on Instagram or an incredible page mm. to follow, and they are always um kind of calling out companies who are like badly mm. rated on when it comes to these these situations so mm -hmm. definitely keep an eye on them and, and follow them and they're really leading the way and they're really putting pressure on companies as well which is great to see mm. um, so I think there's definitely a change coming I think if enough people are willing to make these changes and I guess like I know 
a lot of it comes down to cost and people saying, you know, affordability, which is totally understandable. Like, I understand myself, like, the cost, cost of living, everything yeah. has shot up for us all. And it, that is really a huge difficulty. Like, for me personally, I just don't really shop anymore. I buy all my stuff in second-hand clothes. But second with, shops. like, because the reason it's not affordable now is because there's, like, you know, less demand for it. But yeah. the more demand <clears throat> that there is, the more people will be able to produce it and it will become more affordable. The cotton and the linen. Yeah, and the it, you know, it just even even for... I suppose, like smaller companies to kind of grow. Yeah. You know, if people support them, that's how, you know, that's how we grow. And then that's how we're able to make things more affordable if we have more of a demand. Okay, good. You know, bringing more work into Ireland. Like yeah. Having people, like all my stuff is made in Ireland, but a lot of a lot of stuff is outsourced nowadays because obviously it became too expensive. So if the demand grows for Irish produced goods, you know, that's when we can actually make it a little bit more affordable if we can employ people here and there is a demand for it. Support local, support Irish. Yeah. Um. I have a challenge. <clears throat> I have set a Not challenge. Not like you. I have a challenge. And I'm setting it for you, 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 you and you. We're all doing this. We're all going to do it together. I'm going to do it as well. I want everyone to get involved because I think it's just going to be really interesting. So the challenge is to pick a drawer in your room. Any drawer. doesn't matter. I don't mind what one it is. And I want you to go through every bit of item clothing in that drawer and separate the sustainable clothes from the clothes containing plastic and then I want you just literally look at the two piles and just compare and see yeah. how much plastic is inside in your drawer um, I'm going to do it as well and I'm going to film it or, and I'm going to take photos as well so if you do it um, do capture it and let us know because I think there's a lot of clothes I wasn't sure about that contained plastic so I just want to see for myself how much plastic and microplastics are inside my bedroom because I'm sleeping there at night and so I just think it'd be a really good challenge I and think it's a great challenge yeah and our Instagram page of course is the breakup dress so please do follow like and share and um, send us in your challenges you can tag us you can tag me Megan Scully and Sharon Sweeney separately as well on top of the post so we can see it just uh, just, just out of interest now I'm not saying don't get rid of the clothes you don't have to obviously if you want to do donate them to your local charity shop um, but just for your own kind of I guess just to see yeah I think you'd be surprised with how many bits of clothing that plastic is in yeah it's kind of frightening it is it's absolutely frightening but yeah let's set ourselves a challenge <laughs> and next week then we can compare and contrast I'm kind of nervous for this because I feel like mine is going to be actually worse than I thought because I think although I've been buying a lot of linen lately I'm going to but that's the thing, like I, like, you know, it's so funny. I'm very similar to you is that I don't shop anymore. A lot of the clothes that I have in my wardrobe now, I like honestly are about six or seven years old and I still wear them. And, you know, it's that thing because I'm trying not to shop, but, you know, you can't help it really. No, you can't. Charity shops all the way. Okay, so this is the part where we share memories and we've been asking you to get involved. Sharon, remind them if they want to get involved with this, how do they? So if you want to get involved, send your story, no matter what, just any type of memory that resonates with you, you can send your story to our Instagram, The Breakup Dress. Now we got this gorgeous, gorgeous story in and um, kind of a sad one, but a, a, a also a very special one. Hi girls, my friend in college sadly passed away. One night, a college night out, I borrowed a dress from her. It must have been 10 years ago now. I loved it, funky and fun, just like her. But when she passed away, I held on to it. I only came across it the other day when clearing out my wardrobe after all these years. It doesn't fit me anymore, but I smiled when I saw it and I'll hold on to it in her memory. Thanks so much, Louise. Oh, that's so sad. That is, but you know what? It's so special that she has that dress because I think we all have... 
yeah. something in our wardrobe that, you know, from someone mm-hmm. who passed away, and, you know, we will cherish them forever. Okay, so I actually have a lot of memories with clothing that revolves around my grandmother. Um, you know what's so funny? She has clothes that she wore when she was 70 mm-hmm. that I have found and I wear now a lot. And it's weird because you think that you can't style them with what you have now, but I have. So anyway, like one memory that I have is this long grey pleated skirt um, kind of cinches in at the waist and falls down just below the knee. And she wore it to my uh, mum's sister's wedding. And she wore it as a suit. She I don't know where the suit jacket is, but like the skirt is wicked. So I found it anyway. And I think mum gave it to me and she was like, you're not going to wear that, are you? I went, yeah, yeah, I am. Um, and I've since wore it loads and I wear it with a crop top. Like everyone asks me where I got it yeah. from. When I say it was my grannies, they're like, what? That's your grandmother's. And I'm like, yeah. And I just, you know, it's fun. It's it's fun wearing something that looks really, really good on you. But it's also so nice to be like, yeah, it was my granny's. I love that skirt. I actually, on the first day, I saw you in it and you came in and I was like, oh my God, your skirt's class. Where did you get it? And they like that. You're like, oh, my granny's. Yeah. And it was, it was, I think, I feel like the day I saw you were in it, I think we might have had a little white t-shirt tucked into it or something. And it was just. We, no, do you know where we were in Dubrovnik? Was that when you first yeah, wore it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got, I got Lady to take that really, really cool photo. But um, yeah, it's just stunning. It is gorgeous. And it's so, of its t- like it's so timely now as well. Yeah, it is. Do you know what's so funny? You can see how it's old fashioned, but I think no matter what, if you can style things mm. a certain way, you can make anything look modern. If yeah. you put it with a certain thing. So if you have something like that, put it with like a little crop t-shirt and you, you'll be golden. Yeah, and I think as well, your footwear, if you sometimes have, because you know, the whole like long skirts and runners thing, if you wear a mm. nice pair of runners with a skirt, it's suddenly funky. Yeah, yeah. Mine, oh God, I, she's like loads of stuff. Um, So I lost my brother Marcus in 2005 and I lost my dad Max in 2006. So a lot of clothes and, and memories that I've still held on to. But for me, um, I'll never forget, I was in Gort Community School and we were the first camogie team in the school's history to make it to the All-Ireland camogie final. And we had won every match all the way through and then I'll never forget that day, we got beaten and it was just, it was like devastating for everyone. And Mam and Andrew travelled down to the game and then I remember after the match, Mam came onto the pitch and she put a jumper around me and it was my brother's Oakley fleece hoodie it was like a navy and grey and yellow strip now Marcus always had the best of the best it was it all everything was a label there was no fast fashion there was nothing he always wore the best and I remember the man put it, gave it to me and I put it on that day and I swear I wore it I'd say every day for years and years and it just was so comfy and cosy and it was like I'd wear it somewhere and someone would be like oh that's Marcus's because people knew it was his um, and I just it was became like a real comfort thing and then in winters I'd wear it to bed and I did wear it loads and then I think only in recent years I kind of I think when I started moving kind of away and abroad I left it at home then because I was afraid anything would happen it so I have that still and then off my dad I have um, so after my dad died we kind of a lot of his clothes ended up with a lot of his friends and one of his friends um, she rang me up one day and she's like Megan I have this jacket it was your father's I don't want it do you want it and I was like yeah absolutely so I kind of I don't have as much stuff belonging to my dad so I kind of take anything that's coming mm. um, and it's this like sheepskin tan coloured shearling coat I think it's called and obviously it's, it's inside is sheepskin and it's like from the 70s wow and, oh, it's, it's so class now it's so heavy I don't think I've seen that new. oh it's amazing it's really heavy it's really oversized but it's just so cool Um, and I just adore it and it's funny again I wore it and then a few people that knew dad remembered it because I was going to say don't wear it out tonight you'll never see it again no um, I, must, I must still wear it someday because it is beautiful but um, yeah that was my, my memories and it's in the wardrobe now and I, it's just now once we start getting colder again I'll probably whip those out again but yeah they're just those special memories that will always be with me and I certainly will never be getting rid of mm. 
And as well then, on top of that, my little goddaughter, Ashling, she is just starting secondary school. She is mad about all sports and she's mad about Man United because my brother was a Man United fan and uh, great team in the 90s. So he had every jersey you could imagine from Man United. And now what we started doing is we've started giving them all to Ashling. So now Ashling goes to school and he's the coolest person ever because she has all these cool retro oh, Man United jerseys. I like love that. The blue and white yeah. one, the one with the sharp across it. Um, yeah, so she's buzzing. So like all those jerseys now are being, you know, yeah. moved on, which I love. So that's it for today's memory yeah. and actually that's it for today's pod <laughs> yeah we're looking forward to getting more of your messages in like we're really enjoying reading them so yeah please any story at all get on to us yes whether it's funny whether it's sad whether it's as you said disgusting <laughs> anything at all do you know what you could do right now go into your wardrobe or when you get home and have a little look and just send us the message our instagram is the breakup dress and let us know that memory and you'll inspire us for next week cool. bye until then slot. <laughs>